0: cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 108. And today I talk about the seven-step story structure on how to write kick-butt novels. Sound interesting? But first, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton, the podcast helping you write fast, often, and well, because you have a story and your story matters. So glad that you are here. And if this is your first time, I want to welcome you. And if it's not your first time, I want to welcome you as well. So thankful for all of you following along on the podcast and so many exciting things to share with you today. Before we get into the the meat, the heart of the... Episode today, we're going to talk about the seven-step story structure, how to write kick butt novels, kick butt stories using this structure, and I'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, but a couple things: one, if you've been following along at home, is I launched a free training called Outline Your Novel, the Outline Your Novel Challenge, and if you would like to get involved with that, uh, you can sign up on the website, writer dot net, and there'll be a link also in the show notes uh, if you are interested in that. And so this is like a five. Day free challenge on how to outline your novel because I, I realize you know not everyone outlines and you don't have to be a big outliner to actually use this training. But one one of the things that I've realized in writing is just it, it really is about momentum and it's about mindset. Those are two M's by the way. Um, and momentum is really saying you know how do I get get things off the plate so I can kind of keep keep the thing moving, keep it keep it rolling. And so one of the things would would be to actually have some kind of plan, some kind of blueprint so that you can actually begin to write the book. Uh, and so I created this five day challenge and I've uh, had great response. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you five free videos and five exercises to do each day. And I'll be launching, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, a few days, uh, but you'll get some emails, then it'll, it'll share all the information on that. So go check out the five day outline your novel challenge. And so the Second part of that, and I have a really cool announcement at the end of the show, which I'll, I'll mention, uh, but but woven into this five day challenge is a little piece that I'm sharing with you is really how to write a great story, uh, how to do it every time, really um, and And that's not because I'm anything special or you're anything special, or you know there's some magic pill. Um, but the, what I'm going to share with you today is the seven step story structure, uh, that I have, uh, really gleaned and really enjoyed. Uh, and I discovered this years ago from a screenwriter named John Truby. He wrote a book called the anatomy of story. It's 22 steps to becoming a master storyteller. And you really want to listen to screenwriters, uh, how they tell stories. Cause I think, uh, they really, uh, understand scenes. They really understand the visual realities of those things, but, um, but are really good at, um, just kind of understanding what story is and why certain movies films work, why certain books and films work. Uh, and the seven step story structure is really is important because every story has these seven elements, uh, these seven steps or these seven parts of the structure that I'm going to share with you in just a moment here. Uh, and so, regardless whatever genre you're writing, it doesn't matter if it's action or thriller or mystery or romance or uh, literary, whatever it is, there's these certain elements that you need in every story. And it's also the reason and really the heart of why we read stories. And so this, this outlining method and this way of thinking about story is really important because, uh, because when you're starting out, one of the, one of the challenges is, thinking, you know, what I have to do is I just have to come up with a bunch of scenes and then kind of tie them together, string them together. and Then I'll have a story. But one of the things I learned early on when I started writing fiction was that doing that really ended up my ended up leading my stories to, into nowhere, uh, hitting a, a block, uh, a, a roadblock hitting a wall. It's not just, okay, then they do this and then they do this and they do this. Well, why are they doing that? And, and why is this character doing that? And, and, and what's the motivations and what's the, the, the stuff behind these scenes, right? So you think like, well, I just tell a story, I just make stuff up and then a car blows up and then a helicopter comes and then she says this and he says that. But what I began to realize was my stories just didn't go anywhere and they're really boring. Um, And so when I discovered this structure, the seven step story structure from John Truby, which I've kind of evolved to make it my own is It was also not only a way to kind of outline and kind of frame out my stories, but it was also a way to evaluate them before I would send them off to first readers or beta readers or editors. And so it kind of works both ways. It's to say, do I really have a story here? Is this, is this story any good? Is it going where it needs to go? And so I can run these stories through the actual seven step story structure to kind of uh, evaluate and critique my own writing, if you will, and to make, make them stronger so that the stories are good and they they are moving along and they do keep people paying Turning the page. Okay, so we're going to talk about that in in just a moment. So let's the application part. So let's let's talk about what this seven step story structure is. Um, and so every story has a DNA, a nucleus in it, and. When you think about the DNA or the nucleus of a story it 's all about the characters and that 's why we read stories ultimately it 's something about the characters it doesn 't matter if the characters are in space it doesn 't matter if it 's in present day it doesn 't matter if it was a thousand years ago it 's the characters it 's the 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 weaknesses the flaws the the, the things that that us to them the the way they act the way they speak it 's it 's their problems their their struggles right because we all understand as humans, we have the same human experience, right? We, we, we resonate because we go, Oh, I know what that's like. I know what it's like to get my heart broken. I know what it's like to go to work every day and hate your job. I know what it's like to, you know, raise kids and, and the challenges of that. I know what, what divorce looks like. I know what cancer looks like, whatever it is. So there's, there's this kind of entering in, uh, to stories because we, we resonate with them because of the human experience. And so Truby uh, in his book, the anatomy of story, 22 steps to becoming a master storyteller argues that that really to write good stories is they need to be character driven as opposed to plot driven. So what I said earlier, it's not just stringing scenes together, but it's saying, how do I create characters that are doing certain things that carries the story along. And so these seven steps or these seven parts of the story structure are really the whole arc of your story. It's, it's from beginning to end. It's, it's what moves the story forward. So what are those seven steps? Well, the the first one is a weakness and need a weakness and need. And and if you have, can take notes or you're listening or, or you can jot it down on your phone, whatever. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to make this clear as I can, but, but a weakness and a need. So, so every character you, you need, a, you need a hero in a setting with a weakness and a need, and you need to be very clear on what those weaknesses and those needs are. Now you could use the word, uh, he he's also used the word flaw. Um, that's a great, great word, but, but you want really flawed characters. Okay. So your hero, your main protagonist, the, the main person, man or woman in the story needs a flaw, a weakness, and a need. Uh, and so the thing with characters is if you want to write good characters is don't make them perfect. Uh, we don't resonate with perfection, right? We, we don't resonate with characters that just kind of have it all together. They always win that, you know, things are always going well for them. We, we resonate with flawed people, weak people. Why? Because we're flawed and we're weak and things don't always go well. Uh, and so, um, so when you're, when you're thinking about your main character in your story, is what is their flaw? What is their weakness? What is their need? Because that is going to drive every single thing they do in the story. And, and, and so how, do, how can we think about this in, 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 a, in a deeper way? Well, two things. One is this hero, when you think about a flaw or a need uh, or weakness, is it needs to be psychological and it needs to be moral. And so what does that mean? Uh, well, the psychological need or the psychological flaw is – really hurting the hero. So it's whatever's hurting the actual person. Uh, so, you know, it could be just this insecurity. And so, every, you know, it's just this inner turmoil and they're just so insecure. Every time they walk in a room, you know, they, they just, you know, what, what is everyone thinking of me and, and am I doing it right? And, and all these kinds of things, it, it's hurting them, right? It's hurting them because they can't function well in relationships. And again, these are just examples. Um, but the psychological is really what's hurting the hero, the internal, the the internal, turmoil, if you will. Now the moral need or the, the, the moral flaw or weakness is really what hurts everyone else. Okay. And so you need both of these to have a good hero. A good character is a psychological inner need, inner problem, and also a moral flaw because that's what's hurting everyone else. So because of this inner psychological problem, is it's destroying everything around them, right? It's it's you know they're they're addicted, uh, you know, and uh, whatever it is, you say they're addicted to to you know they're addicted to drugs, uh, they they drink too much, whatever it is, uh, but they just can't seem to show up to work on time, and so because of this these inner demons and maybe going way back, it's you know that the reason they drink is because dad was not kind to them. And so they just don't show up on time, and they they destroy every relationship. So it has these external kind of man- manifestations. So think of a psychological need, a psychological flaw as internal, and a in a moral flaw as an external uh, reality. And so you want to make sure that that these characters have these very clear, uh, and, and are, are in place. And so as you're writing your, your novel is that's the first, first step in your, your structure in your outline is, okay, I need a hero in a setting with a flaw and a weakness and a need. Here's a great example. Silence of the Lambs. If you ever watched that uh, movie or read the book, um, Clarice, who's, she's kind of the inexperienced FBI agent. And she's had some childhood memories that have caused her a lot of problems. And she's also, you know, this woman in a man's world trying to prove herself as an FBI agent. Um, and so all of these things, these psychological and moral flaws um, are going to manifest themselves through the story. So when you think about that and you go, okay, I got this character and here's her back, background and here's kind of what's, what's broken in her. And here's the setting that she's in is everything she does is going to be about how can I prove that I'm a worthy FBI agent. And how can I overcome these memories that, that have haunted me for all of my life? Um, and again, that's going to make for some serious, compelling stories. And it's also going to shape how you write your scenes and how you decide what they do and what they say and how they act, if you will. And the, the more you, you nail down the psychological and moral flaws in a character, uh, the deeper, the, the more intriguing, the more page turning stories you're going to write and, you, and people are going to really resonate with your characters. Okay. So that's step one. It's a hero in a setting with a, with a flaw, weakness, a need. Now, the second step in the structure is the character, the main character, the main hero needs a desire. And so you could also call it a goal. So what does the hero want? What is their goal? And so desire is not overcoming a weakness or a flaw. Desire is all about external because what's going to happen at the end of your story is you don't want, you don't want them to really understand fully yet what those deep psychological moral flaws are. That's going to come later as we'll get into one of the steps, but this is the external. This is what does the person want? You know, it's, I want to get, you know, Clarice in science of the lambs is I want to show my boss that I'm a good FBI agent. I want to catch the bad guy. i uh, I forgetting the the main character in science the lamb, the, the guy, Buffalo bill or whatever his name is. Um, you know, I want to prove that I'm worried. I want to overcome, you know, these, these things that have happened in my life. But so, so this goal, this desire has to be very clear because when it becomes clear, it's going to be very easy to write your scenes. It's going to be very easy to decide what's going to happen next because this hero wants something and wants it really bad. <clears throat> One, uh, I think obvious example and an easy example would be the, the movie saving private Ryan. So this character, John Miller, he he wants to get home to his family and his friends, And, you know, the desire, um, is, is saving he, you know, this, this John Miller's, the Tom Hanks character, he wants to save private Ryan. And and so that's his goal. That's his one mission in the whole story. And it begins at the beginning of the, of the movie. If you, if you watch it, uh, his, his whole thing is getting back, uh, this guy, uh, the, the private Ryan and his, his siblings. And and so, so every scene and every interaction is all about that and discovering that. And then by the end, he realizes that there's something bigger going on. Like he, does, he's, he's very reluctant, you know, I can't believe he has to do this and this is his mission. But, but he realizes when he sees, um finally finds uh private Ryan and, and he and he starts talking about his, his brothers and his family. And he realizes, wow, this is really what it's all about. So, so, make that the second step of the structure is you got to have that hero want something and then decide what that thing is. Uh, and, and again, if that's not clear, this is where I, I fell into trouble. If that's not clear, you're just kind of a bunch of scenes strung together, doing nothing. They're not really going after anything. They're not trying to solve anything. They're, they're just, they're just there, right? So this happens and this blows up and this, but it doesn't really, really feed into anything. It doesn't push the character along. Um And, and, and again, great storytelling is always going to have that hero very clearly showing this is my goal. This is my desire. And that's going to happen on very early in the story. Okay. So a hero in a setting with a flaw, a weakness, and that secondly, this hero has a desire, has a goal that they want. Um, And at this point in the story, it's all external. It's something they need to accomplish. Um, Third is of course you need an opponent. You need a protagonist, uh, the one who's opposing the hero from, let's make this really clear, the one who's opposing them from getting their goal. Now, a lot of us think the way to write a good opponent or to write a good antagonist um, is, so, is someone who, you know, it, uh, appears to be evil, So, you know, they wear an eye patch, they have a a limp, they, you know, they're in the mob, whatever it is. But what you want to show with the opponent uh, is that the opponent in a good story wants the same thing, typically in a different way, obviously in an evil dark way, the same desire goal that the hero wants. Okay. This is, this is huge. Uh, So if you want to make sure that you have an interesting page turning kick butt story, is you want to make sure that the antagonist, the opponent, and the hero want the same things and they're going after the same things because that's what that's going to do is that's going to create the, the battles and the clashes and the tensions and the failures, because again, you don't want the hero to get everything they want in the first page or the first half of the book. You, you want them to fail, right? They have this desire, this goal, and there's someone there, an opponent that's trying to stop them from getting that. And so they need to fail and fall on their face time and time again. Um, you know, you see this very clearly in mystery books and crime thriller type books, but you also see it in very, you know, obvious stories like star Wars, right? So, you know, Luke Skywalker wants Luke Skywalker wants to control the universe for the good and, you know, the, the, the light side and, and Darth Vader wants to control the universe on the dark side. Right. And so that's what creates the tension. That's what creates, you know, the, the good versus evil is they both want the same thing. They both want control of the universe yet for different, uh, sides and and for different reasons. Now, if they wanted totally different things, you're going to have the most boring story in the world. That's the key to writing great stories is to make sure that the hero and the antagonist and the opponent, the same person, uh, wants the same thing as wants the same goal. And so as you're writing and crafting scenes, you're saying, well, how can they clash? How can they, um, interact? How can they battle? Right. And that's, what's going to, going to lead to uh, step number four. Now, just to recap, you got a hero in a setting. With a flaw, with a weakness, with different kind of needs. Secondly, they have a desire. They have a goal in mind that they're trying to accomplish. Third, you have an opponent who's trying to oppose the hero and stop them from meeting that desire or that goal. And then fourth, the fourth step here in the, in the seven step story structure is you need a plan. And so the hero's clear or vague pa- plan is going to be depending on the genre, how they're going to meet their goal, desire and defeat their opponent. Okay. So once you've kind of crafted out this hero in a setting with flaws, with desires, with someone stopping them is what's the plan to defeat the opponent. Okay. And so, you know, one example would be, you know, from Star Wars, we use Star Wars again is, you know, Yoda comes along to train Luke to defeat Darth Vader and, you know, obviously from stopping him from controlling the universe. So. You have this kind of mentor come along, this guide come along. Now that's that's great storytelling too. Most stories have some kind of guide or mentor that says, "Hey, hero, you can do this." You know, when they they keep failing, they keep you know trying to figure out how to how to defeat you know this this opponent, how to meet their goals, how to you know get the get the girl in the end, and somebody comes along to kind of pick them up or help them or train them or, or walk with them. Um, you know, and that could be all kinds of people. It could be the Yoda character, it could be a a, a friend, it could be a family member, whatever it is. Um, but you need to, to begin to craft and build out, you know, what's the plans to actually defeat, uh, the, the, uh, the opponent and, and get what you desire and, and meet your, your goal. And so to build tension in your story, again, as you're writing out scenes is you're just going to have the hero continually fail time and time again, and then eventually they're going to, going to win, but, or they might not. It just depends how you write the story, But, but you need tension. You need failure. Uh, that that's again, interesting storytelling, compelling storytelling. You don't want them to, you know, win in right in the beginning. You want them to fail and fall on their face time and time again. They they just can't seem to get what they want. And those, those flaws are, are coming to the surface, you know, and they're, they're wrecking every relationship and they're, they're falling on their faces and and those kinds of things. Okay. So that's, that's step four in the structure. And then step five is the battle. Step five is the battle. So recaps. Step one, you got a hero in a setting, weakness and a flaw. Secondly, you got a desire. You got a a goal that they want to meet. It's an external goal, a desire. Third, you have a opponent that's trying to defeat them, trying to stop them from getting their goal. Fourth, you have a plan. The hero's crafting some kind of plan to defeat the opponent, to meet that goal, that desire. And then five, you're going to have a battle. Okay. So you have to decide what the actual battle is going to be. And, you know... And most likely, again, if you're in the middle of the story, you're going to have probably a first battle, maybe not the end, but it's going to be the first battle. And then you'll probably have one at the end as well. Um, And again, this can be physical an actual battle. You know, it could be armies. It could be, you know, Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker, or it could just be words. Um, And so whatever that battle is, depending on your genre, depending on what that's going to look like, it could be a fight of words, you know, over a man and a woman. Um, and, and, so, uh, one great example is in the movie, the verdict, uh, where this lawyer, Jake, he, he wins the case with very persuasive words and good lowering, lowering, if you will. Um, so, uh, again, just an example of, of how is, is the hero, um, gonna, gonna win if, if they're going to win in the end. Um, and, and most stories that's, that's typically, typically the case. Uh, but what's that going to look like? How's that going to manifest itself? How are we going to get there in the end? Right. And so, but, but everything leading up, and again, as we kind of build out this seven step structure, you're seeing the whole story from beginning to end because the hero's in a setting, he, he's got these, he or she's got these weaknesses, these flaws, these desires that they want. So everything they do is about, you know, meeting those desires and then failing and, and this opponent that comes along and, and gets in their way and they both want the same thing. And, and, uh, and then you have, you know, this plan to defeat that, that, that opponent. And then you have this battle that's going to take place. Um, And I always recommend having, you know, kind of a, a first mini battle and then kind of a a battle at the end, whatever that may look like in your, your genre, your story that you're telling. So that's five. Now, six is a self-revelation. That's what we call the self-revelation. It's the moment the hero realizes their true desire, their true weaknesses, their true flaws. Um, And and again, this can be moral and psychological. Uh, It could probably be both. Um, And again, we're not trying to make this really preachy you know, or obvious. So it isn't kind of a Scooby-Doo moment, you know, or, or full house, you know, at the end of full house in an episode. And, and now they realize, you know, what did we learn today? Right. And they're sitting on the edge of the bed and talking to the kids, you know, um, you know, Danny's talking to the kids and, and, you know, that's kind of moral at the end. We, we don't want it to be like that. That's a little cheesy. Uh, but, but here's, what's going to happen is Like I said, at the very beginning, as we started talking about this is you don't want that to be obvious to the character at the beginning. So they're not, you know, they're not walking around going, you know what? I'm just really not good with women. I'm not good with men. You know, I just really have this addiction problem. Like most of the time they don't realize how deep it is. You know, they don't see the problems because they have blind spots. That's why they call them blind spots. Right. But as they go through the story, there's going to be a moment of kind of self revelation towards the end. And so, uh, one, uh, great example I think is a, a famous eighties movie, big, uh, one of my favorite movies is the the character Josh. So in big, you know, t- the Tom Hanks character, he's a, he's a grown man, but the story, there's a a teenager who becomes uh, a, a grown man and he ha- but he's still a kid inside. And so, you know, the great classic eighties movies, uh, but when he gets to towards the end of the movie. Um, kind of the back end of the movie, Josh realizes that he has to leave this girlfriend, so he has this girlfriend, so Tom Hanks, as an adult, has a girlfriend, um, but Josh is just a kid, and he knows he has to get back to being a kid, and so he can 't live this adult life anymore um, and, and again, very obvious uh, self revelation but it 's not it 's not preachy it 's it 's not like aha but uh-huh. it 's just the reality of. You know it's been great being an adult and pretending to be an adult but I'm still a kid and I have to live my kid life I can't you know take on the responsibilities of an adult and I can't lead this woman on that, that wouldn't be fair right um, even though he he wanted to so badly um, there, there's another uh, great uh, moment in, a, in in Huckleberry Finn. Uh, where Huck realizes he's he's been wrong about how he thought about Jim, uh, Jim being less human, and so he, he towards the end of the story he people are coming to find Jim and and he doesn't tell him his their whereabouts because he doesn't want him the him to get in trouble. Great example of a self revelation where where the character is beginning to kind of kind of change and sees that you know that that's just not a right way to think about this other person like they're human too, and so. So the self-revelation, again, is, is kind of towards the back end of the story. And again, you can put that kind of wherever you want, but, but it's a realization of, oh, all along, I've, this is why everything keeps falling apart. Um, this is why I am who I am. And, and through all the battles and the tensions and the failings and, and all those things, these weaknesses, the desires kind of come to the surface. Okay, so that's number six. Now, number seven, the last step of the seven-step story structure is what we call new equi- equilibrium. Okay? And so, let's recap. So we got this hero in a setting with a weakness and a flaw. This hero has a desire and a goal. Step 2. Third, there's an opponent that's stopping the hero from getting their desire, or their goal. Step 4 is there's a plan to to fight the opponent uh to to stop them from getting what they want um so that we can have victory. And then five, there's a battle. So the, the hero and the opponent or the hero yeah, and the opponent, uh, have a battle that can be in the middle and at the end. Um, and again, they keep failing and, and, and eventually, you know, the heroes probably win in the end in some way, it could be words, it could be actions you have to decide in the story. But then through all of that, there's this kind of self revelation, revelation, um, you know, where, where the hero realizes, you know, their true desires, their true weaknesses, their true flaws, what, what, what they're really about, why they're doing these things. Right. Um, And then there's a new equilibrium. this is step seven. That's a mouthful. The hero goes back to normal, goes back to life as normal, but they're changed and they've grown. Okay. So again, this is always tricky. Like how do we kind of show that our characters have grown? They've learned something. They've evolved through the story again, you you know, and if you're writing a series of books like this could be very, very gradual, Uh, but there are these, these, these changes that kind of need. Need to happen now. There's two ways to change a character. One is you can make them go to what I call a higher level, um, and, and so that's learning to kind of live in the world, this new world uh, after they've kind of revealed who they really are. And so, a great example of that would just be in Die Hard uh, when John defeats the criminals and he he saves his wife and then he renews his love for her. So that's kind of a a higher level of change. So John realizes how much he loves his wife and would do anything for her and realizes that she, he almost lost her. And so this is this, this change. And again, that wasn't the case when he started, right? He's just doing his you know detective work and police work and, and what have you. But then when your you know, wife's about to be gone, you start thinking about what, what's really important, right? Now, you could also do kind of the lower level where the the character goes the other way gets darker. Great movie vertigo. Um, he drags the woman to the top of this tower and confesses to a murder and then she falls to her death. And so kind of ends kind of oddly. And it's, it's kind of the lower level, right? Um, a great example of a lower level is also breaking bad. Um, you know, the Walter white character, you know, hopefully I don't spoil this for you. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it, but, um, you know, he gets darker and darker throughout the story. Uh, to the end of the end of the TV show. And and so instead of he starts with very noble intentions, you know, I'm going to, I need to make money because I have cancer and I want to take care of my my family. So he gets into drugs and that's kind of how he justifies himself. But then he realizes maybe this is just who I am. And he gets darker and darker into more dark uh, places. So the new equilibrium is a hero that's either going to a higher level becoming more loving, kind, compassionate, or they're going to the lower level. They're going, they're getting darker and you have to decide it's your story. You can do whatever you want with it. Um, so a couple little thoughts here. I know this is a lot to, to kind of take in uh, a couple things. One is if you're not an outliner, you don't have to be so rigid with these things. These are just things that you can do in your head. These are things, you you know, you need a character in a setting with weakness and flaws. You need a desire and a goal of your story. You need an opponent. You need a plan. Uh, You need a battle. You need a a self-revelation. You need a new equilibrium and you can, can write that. You don't even have to write it down, Uh, but you need to keep those things in your mind to make your story interesting as you're writing uh, your stories. What do they, what's the hero really want? Why, why are they doing what they're doing? Who's the person that's going to stop them? Um, and then, so what's cool with this is that you can write all these things down, these seven steps. Uh, and and then also, secondly, to really apply them is now you kind of run it through a grid. And so you write about 10 to 15 scenes based on the work you've already done, these seven steps. So you, you take the hero in a setting, their weaknesses, their flaws, what they want, their desires, their goals, the opponent, the the plan, the battle, uh, the self-revelation, the new equilibrium. And you have basically the whole story to go off of. And if you write 10 to 15 scenes, you know, even if you're not a big outliner, that that's plenty to go on to write, write a a compelling novel. Um, and so, and then once you have those in place is after you kind of have this, this kind of blueprint in place is you can run and check your story through the seven steps again to say, is it, is it working? Is it really obvious what my, uh, hero wants, what their desires are, what their goals are. Is it, is it clear what my opponent is trying, what they want, what their desires are? Is it, is it clear that they're, you know, are they, are they clashing? Are they butting heads? You know uh, what's the plan? What's the self-revelation? What's the new equi- equilibrium? All those things is as you're writing your scenes and as you're kind of looking and even reading it over again, you're going, is it, is it doing that? Or is it just scenes kind of doing nothing and just then he did this and then did this, but there's really no reason behind it. Um, and so this can also, the seven step structure can, can just be another evaluation tool to make sure you are writing compelling, uh, stories. And the the other thing is, You know, when you think about the self-revelation portion kind of towards the back end of your story is that if you work backwards and you kind of know what that's going to be is you can make sure that that hero, those psychological moral flaws are very clear. So you can write scenes that kind of capture those realities. So you can show them, you know, messing up another relationship. Um, I have a, a character, one of my popular uh, fiction stories, uh, crime series, uh, Dexter Okane in the Antique Assassin, and he's he's always kind of jacking up his his relationships because he he loves his work too much, um, and his kids and his wife keep getting kind of the the leftovers, and so you kind of see that as one of his flaws that he continually, you know, the work always gets in the way, and so again, just a, an example, um, and so. The seven step story structure is just a simple, repeatable way that you can continue to write your stories. And I know for me, there's always this resistance in me, you know, like, where do I begin? How do I start another story? You know, what are some things? And really just doing these seven steps can kind of create some momentum uh, to get your your work down. Again, you don't have to spend a lot of time doing this is you probably already have a a hero, you know, a character, some kind of setting, you know, opponents, you know, some kind of plan, you know, whatever it is, uh, you, you don't need to spend a lot of time on this. And especially if you have a series of books, this is really easy to do because you already have characters in place. Uh, you may have different you know opponents, different settings, but you already have kind of the main thrust of the, of the story and kind of the backstory and all that. So it makes it really, really easy. Uh, so I hope, I hope this was helpful. Uh, these are some things I, I definitely in this episode went a lot deeper than I'll go in, in the free uh, outline your, your novel challenge. Um, and that's, that's on purpose because I'm, I'm not trying to dig super, super deep. It's the whole point is to kind of get out of our heads. You know, we've got this novel, we've got these ideas. We're trying to just get a blueprint so we can actually begin to write the novel because if we don't start to write the novel, then we're never going to finish the novel. And that's really the goal is to get to the end so that you can actually share it with people and they can enjoy it. And, you can be famous like Stephen King and maybe you will, maybe you won't, but for a lot of us, it's just getting, getting it, getting it done, getting, getting it written. Okay. So hopefully this helps. Now I did mention a couple things. One is if you would like to sign up for the free five day outline your novel challenge, I will, I discuss a little bit of this uh, seven step story structure in that training. Um, and so you just got a lot of it right here. So hopefully you can even begin if you want. Um, but that's coming out in a few days. So I'll put that in the show notes that's on the website as well. You can sign up for the free training and you'll get some emails and the videos will be sent directly to your inbox. And there'll be some exercises as well, uh, that you can begin doing some of this work. And then secondly is I've been talking about this 45 day novel course forever. And so, um, I'm really pleased to announce that I finally have a, place where you can go and get on the waiting list. Okay. And so, um, I am going to be launching this course. I've been so excited. I've been working on it for, I mean, I think it's been like 18 months or something. Um, but just picking away at it, and I wanted to make sure that it's the best that it could be, and it's going to blow your mind and it's going to be amazing. And I know I made it, but it's, it's going to be amazing. And there's some really cool stuff, uh, that's part of it. So, uh, and I, and I, I, I talk a lot about the seven step story structure in there. And what that is, and and why I use it, and why it's helped me, um, you know, write ten novels and and kind of help me outline and get my stories out into the world, and and write you know good good page turning stories. So that's one piece that we talk about in that uh, in that course. Um, but the the waiting list page is on uh, my website. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. If you'd like to get on the waiting list and hear more about the course, uh, it is coming out, uh, in the next uh, few weeks. And so I'd love for you to sign up for that, um, check out all the other resources as well. And, uh, and yeah, see if it's something you'd be interested in. Maybe you're, you know, you're thinking about, you know, writing that first novel. I know we have a lot of people listening that they're just trying to get that first one done. Maybe you have a couple done and and you're just looking for a, a better, more efficient, more, uh, practical way to kind of, uh, uh, or a, a, I should say a step-by-step way or a blueprint to keep you know, writing and editing and publishing and marketing because we get into all those things in the course. And I think that would serve you as well. So it's not just for someone that is just trying to get out the first one. It's also for people that are down the, down the road a little bit further, even if you've traditionally published, I think it's going to make you more prolific uh, in a million ways. And we talk a lot about just marketing and what's working in marketing and and uh, and some some tricks when it comes to editing, how to write cleaner drafts, and to do that better, and to tell better stories. And so I'd, I'd love to to share that with you. So check out the waiting list. Um, go check that out. Go check out the free um, outline your novel challenge. Hopefully that will serve you well as well. And uh, as well, as well, I just repeated myself. Uh, And before we go, uh, I do also want to mention one more thing. That's really cool uh, is we have a new sponsor on this show and also the shows on the project entertainment network. um, And it's the national university MFA program. And it's a fully online creative writing program, and there's no residency. So if you're thinking about a master of fine arts in writing, this is a great opportunity for you. Uh, They they specialize in genre fiction, uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy, young adult. Uh, And you're able to work with some of the the great horror and sci-fi faculty like Lee Thomas and John Coyne. Uh, And If you're a screenwriter, you're into poetry, creative nonfiction, there's also some programs for you as well. And even if you decide if you're in the screenwriting world, uh, they also have faculty that are active Hollywood professionals. And so they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And so since 2005, the National University Online MFA program has helped Uh, working adults and learn the craft of creative writing. And so it's a great program. You don't have to go anywhere. You could do it from the comfort of your own home uh, in a a cohort kind of situation. And uh, so if you'd like to check that out, it's nu.edu and I'll put that in the show notes and you can check out the program and, uh, and see what it's all about. And so if you're thinking about, you know, taking your writing to the next level, the National University MFA program might be something for you. And so check it on out. And lastly, I promise this is the last thing promise promise before you go. Uh, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, that really helps us out as a show. Thank you for your kind words. And even those that are honest didn't have kind words. Hey, I can take it. It's okay. Um, it's free. You get what you pay for. Um, but, uh, but thank you for leaving your kind words and your emails. And, uh, and also if there's anyone that you'd like for me to have on the show, shoot me an email and, uh, I'd, I'd love to track them down and stock them. Uh, not really stock them. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I did that one time I knocked on a window, but this, don't hold that against me. Uh, but, if there's someone you, you feel like would add to this community, I'd love to find them and interview them and, uh, and help you in the process. Uh, cause I love, I love doing this, this show. So, so this is Ryan J Pelton from the prolific writer. So glad that you stopped by the show today. And I just have one more thing before I go, go get those words on the page and I'll talk to you real, real soon. Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.